welcome to the CDO Magazine Interview Series. I'm Chris Nur, Chief Digital Officer of Synity, a world leader in enterprise data software, and we're partnering with Chief Data Officer Magazine, MIT CDO IQ, and the International Society of Chief Data Officers to bring you this series of interviews with global thought leaders in the field of data and analytics. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with Diego Valerino, Chief Data Officer of Scotiabank. Welcome, Diego. Hi, Chris. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. Great to see you. So, um, Diego, you've got a, a really interesting background, and I thought maybe just as an intro for the audience, you could start with sharing a little bit about your career journey, how you came to Scotiabank. Uh, you have a, a PhD in a field called Cliometrics, which I understand is a subfield of economics and econometrics. So maybe you could just share a bit about your journey and uh, how you ended up being chief data officer of Scotiabank. It's a particular journey. I study, yes, a PhD in Cleometrics. You know, Cleometrics is a combination of history, economics, and econometrics. I love history and, and, and economics and uh, mathematics and statistics. And I started to, to work for different companies in the software sector, you know. Uh, and after that, I started to work as a director of the data analytic for, for Equifax. Equifax uh, in Uruguay have a huge uh, operation, work for all of the different players in the market, uh, banks, uh, retailers, you know, telco. And in this position, I understand how to work with data, really how to work with data and how to manage different uh, projects with data and start to think to change uh, uh, my, my career to a position uh, more related to, to entrepreneurship, you know, internal entrepreneurship. And I accept a proposal for Scotiabank to develop a new area, analytics. Uh, and for me, it was a very interesting opportunity to apply uh, not only what I know about consulting, but also to make decisions in, uh, related to, to data, to business, and so on. Interesting. So, yeah, there's a there's a lot there that we'll uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to uh, to explore uh, explore a bit further. So, so let me start out with something that is kind of top of mind for me and the work that I do, and I think top of mind for a lot of folks in our audience, which is you've had these different experiences: you know, academic background, consulting, internal entrepreneurship, a, a variety of global companies. How do you think companies can best add value through data and through taking a more strategic view of, of data? This is a very interesting question that we have to, to answer, and the, the answer changes every day, you know? The different focus in, in value depends on the, the, the sector of the company or, or, or depends on the sector of the, the economy which the, the company is, is on, you know? It means... If you talk with the C-level, they understand that the data is very, very important, and they know that the data is a new oil, for example. Mm -hmm. But when you start to talk with them, they don't know exactly how to implement this strategy and how to impact in the value of the company. 
the value related to revenue or related to reduce the cost. Uh, for me, it's very interesting to use a, a framework. Uh, perhaps you, you know this framework is a, a combination of uh, 4D plus 4E. For me, it's very important to, to explain this for the management that in play that, that you have for 4D related to, to data science is the, the first D is related to define the problem, the pain point you identify in the company. The second D is related to data. You have to understand you have data inside the company, but a lot of data uh, outside the company, structure and, and unstructured that uh, develop value only to, to, to access this, this alternative data. The third uh, D is develop, it's, it's related directly to algorithms and models and so on. And the last one is delivery. Delivery depends the, the, the channel you will use these models. It means you can use in an app on the smartphone or in the web or perhaps one and a month when you define the, 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 the commercial strategy, for example, I don't know. But you have to combine this 4D with 4E, you know? That means this model have to, easy to implement, you know? Easy to use, easy to revenue. It's very important to understand that the algorithm is very, uh, fashion or black box and you know and the the company don't understand they don't use and it's very important to implement easily to use and to make revenue with ethics you know for me ethics is very important i know you you share this this idea uh, and it's very important to to uh, improve the ethics in the data science team. You know. Yeah, interesting. I I, I like that model a lot, and and I think that um, just maybe a couple of things to to draw out for the audience, and and this is very familiar to me in my work as well. Is is one is that very keen focus on business value and on revenue. And I think you you articulated that in, in both the, the D's and the E's, right? Defining what that is, what the pain point is, and then, you know, ease of generating revenue or generating some kind of measure, measurable results. Um, so I, I think that's a that's a, a really key thing to, to highlight. Um, the, the ethics thing, agree, and, and I think that might be, you know, given that you're in um, financial services and there's just so many different aspects that I, I think your industry is, is ahead of many others in terms of dealing with the, the impacts and kind of having a framework. So I, I think we should, we should talk about that a bit more. Um, but maybe before we come to the, the ethics, I, the, there are a couple of points you made in there which I think are very important. So. Uh, in my experience, senior executives understand how to run a business. They understand what a value prop. Their eyes sort of glaze over when we start talking about al algorithms and models. So I wonder, you know, in terms of, you know, as a senior executive, but then with this career progression, are there some good learnings you have around how to explain the work that we do and make it intelligible so that the senior folks kind of 
know enough to be supportive, but but don't get lost in you know in the details too much. Yes, it's it's, it's very important to, to for the CDO's role to understand that you you, you have to explain difficult difficult uh, issues in in the simple you know keep simple um for that it's very important to to translate the what we do uh, to, to the the business uh, world you know it means we have to talk about revenue we have to talk about uh, cost we have to talk about uh, value, as you mentioned before, uh, that's the way the 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 the, the management team uh, how understand how we work with data. Uh, nobody at the at the bank or Equifax or what else uh, ask me which algorithm I use. Right. Uh, no. And nobody asked me which data we use. They asked me how improve our revenue, or how we can reduce the cost to at the same time. It's very important to, to understand that. If we talk, you and me, about algorithms, it's one way, but when we go to the board, we have to talk about business, how they make decisions, how to uh, improve uh, his uh, informed decision. You know, for me, it's very important to uh, keep simple and talk about business, not only data or algorithms or something like that. Yeah, I think that's I think that's very good advice. And and you know, for our our, our audience, this is a, a theme that's come up in. Um, you know, a number of my, my thought leader interviews in, in the series here is, you know, both that focus on, on business value and, and explaining things in kind of terms that business leaders can understand. But th there are a couple of things, though, I, I want to connect that I think you'll have a really interesting view on. So um, let, let's come back to this question of, of data ethics and the regulatory landscape. And, and I guess a couple of things that would be worth talking about, and, and we, can, we can kind of take these one at a time, or you can, you can pick in any order you like. So, um, you know, one is as a, as a financial services company, I think you're on the forefront um, and, and your industry has done leading work on, you know, PII data, data privacy, data security, um, th there's another whole consideration and kind of what triggered this thought is we're, we're saying, well, like we want to explain things in, um, you know, in business terms to senior executives, but now there's this whole question about accountability and bias in algorithms. Um, so, you know, maybe if you could share a couple of thoughts, one on, you know, the overall direction of, of regulatory what you see in financial services and maybe what other industries can learn. And then, you know, kind of what's your perspective on, on how you, you start um, building organizational and also technical capabilities that can address issues of, of um, bias, which, and just for the audience, I'll, I'll explain this hopefully correctly in, you know, for example, in algorithms that do credit approvals, there's a significant concern that people don't understand how those algorithms work and that they may be including implicit bias 
in the designers of the by the designers of the algorithm or in the data. So this is kind of a huge and really interesting emerging area. So I know that was about 18 questions wrapped into one, but, <laughs> but you know, let's sort of see if we can start peeling this apart one one layer at a time because I think there's a lot here that's of, of really high interest and value. Yes, it's very interesting the issue about the, the regulatory and the, the, the ethics and, and, and biases refer of all of this issue. Uh, we, and particularly in the, in the financial services and healthcare and, you know, telco have the, the same problem. <clears throat> uh, it's very important to, to divide the, 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 the problem into regulatory and, and, and ethics. A regulatory is, 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 is clear today after the, the uh, European Union have a, a new law, a new regulation about privacy. Um, we have to, to, to work to design uh, products and, and algorithms and um, with this in, in mind. Uh, for me, it's very important to work with a lawyer closely to, to design new products, new algorithms, etc. But on the other side is ethics. Perhaps you have the, 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 the okay to use the data, you have a very interesting algorithm, it's a, a white box and so on, but when you make a decision about the, the data you have, uh, you have a problem with um, privacy, privacy related to, to the life of people, you know. Uh, perhaps you are okay for the law, perhaps you are okay for the, the, the regulation, but uh, you make a decision as, as a manager that implies intromating in the, in the private life of people. And for me, it's very important, my team, have this in mind every day, you know? Okay, we have the data, we have the algorithms, and which decision we have to, to, to make? Uh, I offer this product uh, or, or not? I'm very careful for, for this because you can improve the value with data, improve the value with algorithms, but you destroy value with a, a, a bad decision with this data, you know? Uh, reputational uh, value is very important in this day and perhaps you destroy uh, a lot of value with a bad decision. And if you consider biases in, in these uh, uh, models or algorithms and so on, you have to, to, to think that if you don't, don't fix these biases, you um, you will have a, a wrong decision to make. If when you design algorithms and you find biases, the biases is how people interact each 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 one uh, on our, uh, and you have the opportunity with these tools, uh, with data management, analytics, and data science to reduce the social biases, you know? Uh, and for me, for me, it's very important to, to improve this, uh, perhaps, society by data science. And for me, it's a very important point, very important issue 
related to the, the, the impact of data science in, in society. Uh, in my team, we have two moments that uh, analyze biases. Uh, the first one is when we access uh, new data, analyze the data, if the data is okay, have biases or something like that. And the second is when we finish the, the development of the algorithms, we have to, to analyze different variables and understand if the variables uh, is correlated or imply causality. You know, if the variables imply causality, it's not a biases. It's, 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 it's okay, it's, you have a, a good algorithm. But if you have a, a different um, variables that imply correlation but not uh, causality, perhaps you have a, a biases in the, in the algorithms. It, 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 and you have to improve this algorithm, you know? So that is really fascinating and, and um, I, I think extremely interesting, interesting and relevant to our audience. I want to just un unpack a couple of things and make sure that I, that I understood some, some key points. So I think one, one point that I, I take from that is that, and I think I was saying this in a loose way, like regulatory and ethics. I think what you're suggesting is that as business and data leaders, we're at the forefront of looking at the ethics. Regulatory, in a sense, is ethics that have been codified, so they're known, and they then have legal implications that we have to deal with differently. But we, we should take a view of ourselves as leaders in the industry as being the lead, leaders of ethical use of data and not count on the regulators to do that. The regulators are going to catch up to us. And, and I think if, if I have that correct, you know, without kind of calling anyone out, I think there's some very interesting and well-known examples of technology companies that perhaps have not done as good a job as they could have. Um, and that's led to uh, unfortunate results socially. And, and I also, and I think this is important and reputational damage for the companies that have not done that. And again, I'm sure everyone can speculate about you know yeah. who some of those companies might be so that, that that's kind of a, a you know a, a big business social leadership point which i think is absolutely key the other thing so that's sort of at a macro level at, at a more execution level i heard something very interesting too and i want to just translate this into my own words maybe for folks in the audience who are less less technical um, so almost like what you're saying is that there's a capability to look at better performance of algorithms and better ethics, almost like the way in a factory, I inspect my incoming raw materials to make sure they're the right quality. That's the moment of looking at bias in the underlying data sets. And then before I ship something to a customer, I put it through a final quality assurance step to say, okay, this meets all my standards. And that's the same way at an execution level that you've kind of coached and built a capability for your team to to work with the algorithms and the underlying data sets yes yes uh, it's, it's very important what you say uh, you have we have to work closely with, with our teams to to understand this it's not only the, the regulatory point of view but also the ethics. The ethics for me is very important in our um, job as a data uh, management 
and, and, and really important, you know, because we have a very important role in the today world, you know, and we work with a lot of data in the new normality, you will have more data uh, and we have to understand that the, the ethics related to this uh, data management is very important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's so interesting. And that, that's, you know, again, given some of the, the challenges I think we've had, um, probably more in pure play tech companies than in, you know, industries that are starting to learn how to use data. But you you think, you know, as these are kind of getting into mainstream business culture that we can apply that you know, kind of right ethical framework and leadership. So I think that's, um, I think that's amazing that that uh, that you're doing that. Um, let me let me shift gears a little bit and and kind of come back to part of the first part of our conversation, which is around if I can distill what you said, and and I believe this, and I've heard this from a lot of thought leaders as well, is you know focus the data work on valuable business outcomes. Now you're, you know, as we, we discussed briefly at the beginning, you've worked in, in a variety of roles within financial services and a variety of different kinds of companies. Um, are there some characteristics you think of, of companies and leaders that, that do data well? How can we predict who are gonna be the winners and who are gonna be the losers in terms of capabilities or mindset that those companies should be, uh, should be building? Another interesting question. Yeah, uh, I, I saved all the easy questions, you know, for, for my, my other interviews, Diego. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, you know, um, for me, the, 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 the winners and, and the losers depends directly on how to use uh, data and frameworks related to business in, in this area, you know, perhaps in healthcare and, and our industry is different but in in business you have to co combine this this and for me it's very important to to understand the behavior you know uh, the, the behavior uh, related to the companies or or people that's imply that the the um, the, the data is is an instrument and the the software is the the tools but the objective is to understand the behavior, the, the economic behavior, the social behavior of people, for example. For me, it's very important uh, from the bank to understand the, the, the financial and health of each client uh, to improve its uh, uh, health related to the financial decision they, they have to, to make. If I understand the, the behavior of the, the people or, or the companies using data is for me the winner path to the, the industry. Today at, the, at the Scotia, we were very, very um, focused in, in an, to understand the, the behavior of little companies and the behavior of uh, people after the COVID-19, COVID you know, uh, sorry. And, and you have to to know that the behavior is changing in the last six seven months uh, yeah. we change and our behavior change and you have to uh, to understand this uh, using data in our case it's very important to to relate behavior economics with with data 
So what's, I want to stay with that thought and just, um, I, you, you can probably add more to this, but just for folks in, in the audience who aren't familiar with behavioral economics, behavioral economics is the branch of, of economics that deals heavily with how decisions are made in the real world. And in particular with kind of back to this a little bit to the ethics discussion, how um, different biases creep into decision making. Probably one that um, most people have heard of is a thing called confirmation bias, which is our tendency to uh, to like evidence that reinforces what we already think and ignore evidence that contradicts what we already think. So, so just to unpack what you were saying a little bit, if I think about, you know, sort of the, the data mind and the data mindset, are, are you suggesting in a way that part of what makes a winning organization around data is, is not doing that, right? So actually looking at the data in an objective way and letting the data drive the decisions rather than, you know, sort of some theory that some executive might have. Yeah, exactly. You have to understand the, 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 the company strategy and you have to improve its strategy with, with data, with analytics, with machine learning, you know, different tools. But you have to align the, 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 the data strategy with the data, uh, with the um, business strategy. It's very easy to say, it's very difficult to, to implement and you have to to work hard in, in this way. Do, do you think in, in this, and this is a really interesting topic, so where in, in my professional career, where I feel like I've had a collision around this is where, where I've, I've been involved in analytics work that, let's say, um, impact the awarding of incentives. So, I mean, I won't pick a real example, but you can imagine, right, that you have, say, or executives in a sales organization who are getting commissioned based on metrics, right? But then you do the work and you find out that the metrics are wrong, right? The metrics have been designed poorly or say, back to our conversation, there's a bias in the underlying, in the underlying data. So does, does the chief data officer or should the chief data officer over time or, or even now start to take on a role in looking at how those incentive systems are, are designed. Because where, like just in, in simple language, what I found like mostly the reason that people fight about metrics is because somehow it's, it's threatening their incentives, right? Yeah. Which is, very, is a very much of a, of, a, of a behavioral economics type of question. Yeah. I'm really curious what your view on that, kind of our role in, in even incentive design itself should be. Yes, it's, it's very, really very uh, interesting issue. Uh, um, incentive for me is, is very, very important, you know, uh, because uh, we have to, to understand that uh, um, we are in the, in the changing world, in the changing um, uh, uh, business, and, you have, uh, and we have to, to, to align the, the incentive to that change. Yeah, I, I, I mean, when, as a CDO, we have to understand that different um, players in the, in, the, in the company have different incentives to do different uh, tasks. If we don't understand that uh, in, in economics, it's related to uh, political economics, uh, you have to map in the, the company and identify which people uh, have 
which incentives to earn his its bonus. You know? That's it. Right. Yeah. It's all about. It's all about the bonus. Yeah. It <laughs> depends on the, the 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 bonus, and if you help each one to earn its bonus, uh, you have a, a a very friendly environment to to develop the the data strategy, and you have to develop different algorithms or data management, and you will have budget, and you will have quick wins because. The, the different executives implement your your models um, with data, and perhaps in our in our role, don't take care about the the incentives. Uh, we we focus on technology or different instrument, but not in the in the. <clears throat> the Political economics of of the related related to the organization, for me, it's very important. So that so 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 just to to play that back, you think that that it's super important to understand the incentives and basically who's going to get what bonus based on what they do. But maybe leave you know at least for the moment. Maybe yeah. in five years we'll be having a different conversation, but this is still, and I think this is important, this is a relatively new function in large organizations, right? So in a sense, um, and maybe we'll come back to this, or, or maybe we kind of touched on this, there's a lot of education that has to be done, right? Everyone says they're data-driven, but almost no one is, has been my experience. Oh, we're a data-driven company, but then you go and you talk to people and they're like, they're just... They're they're doing their confirmation bias. They're doing what they've what they've yeah. always done. So so your view would be kind of with a um, a pragmatic lens. You know, we're doing the data work. We're doing the algorithms. We're looking at the data. We've got a story about business value. We understand so that we can have a smart conversation with stakeholders how that may impact their incentives. But you know, maybe it's for the next generation of chief data officers to start playing. Uh, you know, and a more economic role in the definition of those incentives. For me, it's very important. You know, the, the next wave of, of chief data officer is related to auto machine learning. You know, the, the, the technology uh, will do the, the different D that mentioned before, uh, develop the, the algorithm. But the CDO for me is a role that is is permanent in the midterm, I think, because you have to understand the, the the role inside the company to understand the 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 the, the people, the client, the, the customers, how to transform customers or client in customers, the 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 it's very important to understand the, 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 the cost structure of the company and on how, how the data or analytics can improve its cost, uh, uh, improve the, the reuse of the, the cost. And, and it's very important to, the, to understand the soft skills of the, of the uh, role. No, no hard, no, no technology, not only technology, not only statistic, but also the soft skill, creativity, leadership, you know, for innovation. For me, it's very important to, to a person who wants to work as a CDO in the, in the next year. 
I think that's that's really a really important set of points, and you know, it because it's interesting. You talk to different people in different industries and different companies, and I think some some companies view this very much as an IT a techie thing. And I think what you're saying, and and I very much you know, having worked with lots of companies, I prefer this um, c construct that you're supporting, which is that a, a chief data officer is you know, it, it's a combination of understanding the markets, understanding the business, understanding data and technology, and providing decision support that kind of brings all those together in a, in a unique way. That's part of why I, I agree with your, 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 uh, your thinking that this is a role that's, um, you know, I know there's been some writing on like, has the moment passed? Um, my personal view, I don't think the moment's passed at all. I think we're kind of at the point where this is, this role is is getting better understood and better established in large organizations, and that you know, to earlier in our conversation, organizations that do this well uh, are really starting to to see the value and see benefits of having people who have that you know kind of unique combination of skills. So I think that's that's kind of great advice for uh, folks in our audience who are kind of mid career and you know who would aspire to have a have a role like yours. I think it's, it's very important to understand the, the, the combination of data and tools. Perhaps you make a lot of, of value for the company with Excel, you know? Perhaps yeah. in a spreadsheet, you, you explain a very interesting point that make uh, new revenue and you use Excel. And don't use uh, algorithms. Eh? Excel, a spreadsheet, you explain that for, for top management and they understand because they use Excel and you uh, accomplish it, uh, an objective of uh, data uh, strategy. Well, it, it's interesting. That's a, I think that's important, right? Because I, I think we haven't talked about this this um, much, but I, I, you know, my I, my own experience, and again, almost all of our our colleagues that I, I've spoken to are very keen on. The, on an agile approach and taking, you know, kind of small wins that show value rather than do that. And that's a, another way that, that this is different than sort of traditional big IT, which actually formerly was my own background that, you know, you know, you do projects that take two, three years and cost hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars. The cool thing about the data space is there, there's so many opportunities. And actually, I think it's a good point. It's fine to start in Excel, right? Yeah do a lot in Excel, you can do, you know, you can do a lot in Excel and Hive and NoSQL and a little Python coding. And, you know, then if you're a big shop, you can kind of bake that into a, you know, broader workbench. Yeah. Um, so, so speaking of projects, um, one thing that I wanted to highlight and, and, you know, for anyone who hasn't in our audience, I'd, I'd encourage people to check it out. Uh, Scotia recently won an award for innovation in, in digital banking for, um, for your pandemic crisis response. So could you tell us a little bit about, um, about the award, you know, in a directional way, if you're able to share what your team's role was in that, I think that you know, it could be very interesting. And this is something you can look up on the internet for folks if you want to, you know, uh, get more information. But I'd love to hear a little bit about uh, about that award and, you know, what you guys did to enable that. Yes. Um, yes. Scotiabank won a, a, a recognition about the, the, the improving in its uh, digital channel. It's very important for us because uh, we understand what the, our client want 
they they want to uh, a different uh, improve in the, the 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 transaction and the speed and the the the, the, the quality of digital transaction particularly in my team here in uruguay uh, the the challenge was very important because uh, we have to to work in different uh, areas and different issues first related to the speed of the answers uh, that the, the Scotia Bank, the bank, uh, uh, give to the market. You know, uh, today uh, the branches uh, don't, don't don't work as we imagined uh, uh, ten years ago. Uh, today, the the, the 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 client go to the internet. Uh, apps and the smartphone and ask for a credit or ask for a, a, a loan and, and you know it's, it's very fast and change the way we work with clients that imply uh, automatization um, different model predicting model but prospecting model uh, uh, delivery with different channels smartphones app and so on the other thing is very important is to understand the new the, the new client for uh, for us it's very important to understand the different behavior we economy changed in the last six six months and yeah. we we are conscious of, of that and and perhaps and one one client um, in the end of uh, last year uh, want to buy a new car and today they have to uh, consume and have to uh, understand this different behavior um, consume different goods n not only uh, a car um, and we have to understand this in in a, in a huge uh, amount of, of people and the third is to apply a different um, price model. You know, the, the, the price for me is changing very early because we consider the value different of the price and the value for different uh, things uh, change. You know, uh, the, the, the COVID-19 change our point of view for different issues, for different um, behavior, for different consumptions. And we have to understand that and we have to understand the, the price related to the value of, of different issues. For example, in the, in the house, in, in, in real estate industry, and we work closely with different players, we understand that the the people want to go to the outside the, the city you know to a different a house different to an apartment perhaps last year was different <clears throat> and we understand this and we have to develop new product and develop new challenge and develop new prices for these products and and my team have to understand this with data and the data come very fast because all of the client use digital channels and we have to process this data and we have to uh, develop insight about it we have to 
develop new product or, or, or collaborate with, with product to design a new service product and so on. For us, it's very important to to change our mindset in the last six months. And it, it's a it's a fascinating project from from what I, I read and and just you know I mean a couple of, of things just to to kind of draw out of that I mean this was a, a lot of work that was done very quickly in retail banking which is is complicated you know back to some of the things we talked about there's a lot of data um, you know there there are regulatory complexities suddenly you know there's all this new demand for different kinds of interaction and this has been written about a lot but what i think is cool about this is it's it's often been said this year that we we took you know 5 years of digital progress mm -hmm. and compressed it into you know less than 5 months so it's very impressive that you guys were able to do that and then it, it just draws on some of this you know the agile thing that we talked about working with complicated data sets i, I like that you highlighted you know, kind of the pricing aspect of it, because I, I think if I understand correctly, you wanted to both help people, you know, help customers, real humans who have financial problems because of the pandemic. But at the same time, you know, Scotiabank is a business and it still needs to make money. And what your team was able to do was sort of bring those those two pieces together. And then, you know, the other thing, and, and I I'd encourage everyone to read about this project because it you know, it's, it's an impressive award and it was a really cool project. Um, I think two things happened. One is you did a lot of complicated work very quickly that almost seems like it came out of nowhere. But in fact, your ability to do that was in part because there was an executive commitment about three years ago to putting in place organizations like yours. So, you know, in a sense, you proverbially, you, you made your own luck in this, right? That it wasn't, and in fact, if that program hadn't been there, I doubt you would have been able to do all this so quickly. So there, I think there are a lot of good lessons for, you know, industry leaders and in sort of thinking about like, look, this was event driven, but on the other hand, the bank's leadership had enough foresight a few years ago to say, we need to start building these capabilities so that we can do, you know, do better work, um, have higher returns and do a better job for our customers. And then, you know, uh, there was this kind of a remarkable opportunity where a lot of these things came together, you know, with the great result that, uh, that we saw. Yes, exactly. Particularly in Uruguay, Scotiabank can respond very quickly because we have a team analyzing data. You know, I I work for one year and a half to 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 develop a team, and this situation implied that the the, the team was consolidate, uh, have a, a different process, understand the, 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 the bank business, and accelerate the, 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 the digital channel. But if we don't have the, the team, the process, and the, 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 the area, uh, I want them to think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, super. Well, um, 
I think maybe that's a good note to kind of um, wrap up on. Is there are there any final thoughts you'd like to uh, leave our audience with? Major predictions in in data or data technology for the next five to ten years? Um, advice for mid career data professionals that we talked about? Any final uh, words of wisdom that uh, that you'd leave us with? I will try to say something interesting. Uh, you know. Um, I don't know exactly uh, the evolution of technology in the next three, five years, but I think the, the, the people who want to work in this data area have to understand the, the landscape they are working on. It means they have to understand the, the, the instruments, the, the tools related to data, but also to understand the, the, the business the, the 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 landscape you are working on in is if you work in a retail if you are a, a financial services you have to understand the, the the business strategy you have to understand the soft skill you need uh, we talk about the innovation leadership negotiation is very important uh, to 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 work in data perhaps you know it's not common to to understand uh, when you study data science, that you need negotiation or creativity or leadership, but when you start to work, you 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 will need it. Yeah, I think that that's that that is a, a great summary, and and I think of you know a couple of maybe major points that I can just tr try to synthesize. That that was a great summary of that you know kind of. Um, role description for what makes a good chief data officer, which I think is really important. And then, you know, a couple of other things just to highlight um, that kind of, you know, focus on business value and speaking business language and not data language. And then the other thing that I thought was just fascinating and just really appreciate your, um, your insight into is this idea of the importance of business ethics, how, you know, it's really on industry to lead that and that that's going to end up being the regulatory of the future, but you know we have to pioneer that within uh, within industry. So, um, Diego, can people find you on online on uh, on Twitter and and so forth? Yes, of course, in Twitter and in LinkedIn. All of us are we are in the in the internet world. Yeah, yeah, yeah perfect. Um, awesome. Well, this was um, this was great, Diego. Thank you so much for joining me today for our our, our audience. I, I hope everyone found this as interesting as I did. Um, we have some some additional interviews at cdomagazine.tech, but I, I have to say this was um, one of my personal favorites. So thanks very much. Thank you, Diego. I uh, appreciate it, and I uh, hope everyone has a terrific day. Thank you, Grace. It's a great chat with you, and thank you for the opportunity to present my work. Indeed, indeed. Thank you.